0: Welcome back to the first cut podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. Got a chance to talk to Jeff Shackelford today. Uh, he is a, uh, a perfect person to talk to right now, uh, with everything that's going on in the world of golf, the premier golf league, uh, the distance report that came out this week, uh, from the USGA and RNA. And he's kind of at the, the epicenter of all of it in terms of his, uh, background in in uh, course architecture. He'd done a lot of reporting on the on the PGL, the Premier Golf League, uh, and done a great job with it uh, with with all the information. There's a ton of information that's out there. There's a ton of it. it it's it's hard to connect all the dots. And you guys should check out his stuff on Shackleford.com because I think he does a great job of connecting you know why does this matter for Tiger who's involved how is this going to go who are all the players how does this affect uh the PGA tour how does it affect media where's the money coming from he he addresses all those different things and we talked about some of them today uh just kind of some kind of lingering questions that I had wanted him to explain some of the stuff that was going on to people who maybe hadn't heard of the PGL or or what's uh, kind of taking place right now so a really interesting conversation. Jeff is a great guy to talk to. He's one of my favorite people when uh, you're on the road at a major championship and, and kind of hanging out at night, maybe having a beer or whatever. Uh, if he's around and the microphones are off and you can just talk about whatever uh, in the world of golf, uh, he's the best. He, he's great to talk to about uh, that stuff just because he's been doing it so long and, and uh, had a really fun and good and successful career. Um, so I always enjoy Uh, talking to him both, uh, on a podcast and, uh, on, on some of these road trips that, uh, that this circus takes together. So, uh, big thanks to him and I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Okay. Jeff Shackford, JeffShackford.com, author of many books, golf channel. Where are you? Is there any place that you're not, uh, you know, like front facing?
2: I'm not at golf week any longer. So okay. There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. Jeff, you've been doing a lot of great reporting, a lot of great writing, uh, on jeffshackleford.com about, uh, the, the, the PGO, this, this league. Can we call it the PGL?
2: I guess. I mean, they, they'll change the name again. I, when the Premier League probably sues them or <laughs> I thought um, about they, that. Yeah. I don't understand how they get away with it, but there is a Premier Lacrosse League that the, 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 the investors are part of. So clearly they, have got some sense that they can get away with it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see how they can.
0: So the premier golf league, this thing that has, has kind of uh, come up, uh, you know, every once in a while for the last five, six, seven years. And, uh, it's really kind of hit home this year. And I, I have a million questions. And I guess the one off the top that I think most people that are kind of tuned into this, are, are uh, the one that they're primarily thinking about is, is this a binary thing? Is it tiger uh, or nothing? Is it, is it, is it as simple as if you get tiger, it can happen. And if you don't get tiger, it can't happen. What's your, where do you, where do you stand on, on how that plays out?
2: I think at this very moment, that is correct. That it, that it is all about tiger. Uh, if they were to resurface with this in three or four more years, Probably not, but you never know. Uh, he looked awfully good at Tory Pines <laughs> physically. I um, I mean, he looked way better than he did a year ago. Uh, so he may be, he may be relevant still in five years. Um, so, and then the question would be, um, at that point, how important is he to this kind of thing? But I think at the moment, he's absolutely vital to it, uh, taking off. It's hard to imagine this breaking off. Uh, Alan Shipnook made a, a a good case for them being able to do this without him. Um but I, I don't think it really has legs uh without his name, his his uh interest in being one of these franchise owners and uh really is saying I've done all I can on the PGA Tour and this is a fun way to end my career and make a lot of money. <laughs>
0: I think I agree and and, and I think you know I, I don't know there's so many different angles to come at this from. I, I think one of the ones that I've been kind of thinking about is it it seems like it's this um sort of it, it seems like everything is emanated from this like shadow group where it's like I don't totally know like who these organizations are or where they're coming from. Do you think it's actually Do you think they're going to be more public about things in the near future, or do you think everybody everything's going to be kept behind the curtain until a a certain time?
2: I I think they'll try to keep it as secret as possible. The Q and (laughs) A that they did, the faux press conference, um, was a result of of my my blog post uh, on it, and I don't think they wanted to do that. I, I got the sense it was. I mean, it was fine. It was thrown together pretty quickly and it was really mostly copy and pasted from their documents, but I admire the fact that they've been very secretive and I think it gives them, while, while some people think it's, it's the stealth approach suggests that they're up to no good or that their money uh, sources are questionable. I think it's admirable that they've been at this this long and that they have been stealth. <clears throat> and that they aren't using uh, the press or public uh, forums to to make essentially a hostile takeover bid. Uh, I mean, all the stuff in there about we, we want to work with the PGA tour was was um, <laughs> kind of silly. There's no there's no scenario where this where the two coexist that I can see. But um so I, I think they're to be admired for doing that. And, you know, people picked up Rory's comment that, yeah. uh, they've been talking to him since 2014 and well, wow, see, that's a sign. It's, it's not legitimate. And I would say the opposite that they've probably, including the name, we know for sure shaped this idea over, over that amount of time and refined it. And, and there will still be big changes. There's no way they're going to try to play 18 tournaments. It just doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't do, uh, what they hope it will do, which is give these, these elite players kind of what they want, which is about a 20 week schedule over the course of the year when you include the majors and a few other, uh, silly events or whatever places in their home countries or whatever it is. So I think that, um, that will be modified too. And everybody I talked to in my, my reporting on this said, said it had been knocked down to 10 already, but they came back and said, no, it's 18. And I, I think it's some sort of a bargaining. Yeah.
0: So speaking of Rory, I have his quote from, from Tory. He said, uh, <clears throat> these guys have exploited a couple of holes in the system. I think he's talking about the PJ tour here. Uh, the way yeah, that, yeah, yeah. the way that golf at the highest level is nowadays and how it's sort of transitioned from a competition tour to more entertainment. It's on TV, people coming out to watch. It's definitely a different time than what it was before. Is that a, do you think that's a universally shared? Uh, sort of mantra among the players or is that like the the top five guys that think that are that are sort of like thinking about it this way
2: i think that's what this is revealed that there is a uh, a sentiment um, um within that community of of the top 15 or so guys um that we have probably all underestimated uh it's a very strong sentiment that they are propping up uh, the, the, the lower half of the tour. I mean, we, you hear bits and pieces of it, but, uh, this has, has sort of, uh, exposed because Rory, the next sentence in that statement was a little, uh, comment about, about the underpaid nature of, of the top players. And that's coming from somebody who I sense is way less material than he's ever been. Yeah. Who certainly has no need for more money and is, is really, Obviously now playing for, uh, titles and history and thinking of history, uh, because he certainly can retire tomorrow if he wants. So I thought that was fascinating that he, after making those comments, he then threw that in after sort of putting down the idea. And, and, and ultimately that's what this has exposed is that, that this group is a little angrier or, or, or uh, uh more resentful than we probably realized that at um many, many elements in the structure of the tour in terms of money and in terms of uh, you know, it's also just oversaturation. I think they get tired of being asked to play uh, certain events or certain times of year when they don't want to. And and part of that's just a product of the wraparound schedule and they view the prop the wraparound schedule as a as something created to provide more playing opportunities and more purses for the the, the the other half of the tour.
0: Well, and and Bob Herrick had this good thing on ESPN.com. I think it might have been on, on Monday this week. Uh, and this, this quote is from an agent who he said, wish not to be identified. He said, this, this agent said, how can an organization negotiate hundreds of millions of dollars of TV contracts and someone like Tiger or Rory goes out and has the same chance of making the same money as some guy who's come off the corn ferry tour, which is true, uh, there's no arbitration panel and no judge would say that that's a fair economic model, which I think is, is also true. And so I, I don't know, is there a solution if you're a PGA tour or a European tour to where you can say, well, this is probably not the best thing long term. Like, this is not gonna work just because of the way we I, like. It's part of what we love about golf, right? You have to go out and right. earn it, but also it's well, a little unfair to, yeah, like, be used in these negotiations and yet right. you're still not getting paid. Is it? I mean, is the answer appearance fees? What is there? Is there is there an, is there an altern alternate route that these leagues can take to sort of, um help out these stars I guess
2: well the the dilemma they have um is in the PGA tour or the european tour and making their case is they 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 would make a a great argument if they said well one of the great things about golf is that you all start from scratch at the beginning of the year and that some unknown eventually or or can at times compete with you beat you and and uh that in a weird way, solidifies you as a legend too. Uh, and so all these things are good for you that it's this democratic approach. Mm. And then the problem they though, have is that they could say, see, look, now look at the world golf championship events. Those events lack a certain, a certain buzz because yeah. they're limited fields. They're rich guys getting richer. They're world ranking top 50 padding that number. And then those guys, the, the top ones would to come back and say, Oh, so you're saying that the product, uh, that is, what this premier golf league could be is similar to the WGCs. And it really, it just doesn't quite, they're, they're fine, but there's, there is something missing. Mm -hmm. So you're saying your product's bad. So why, you know, they could just start going back and forth at all the things that this exposes. And ultimately to your question, fans, I think really don't care that much about money. I, I, after the FedEx cup last year, not only did i have people saying i don't care that rory got 15 instead of 10 as the person <laughs> got the year before but i felt a little dirty watching it and th- and and this came from some of the most uh uh money loving people i know the, the just just red blooded capitalists who were and i'm just listening to this and i but i thought it was fascinating because uh i on the other hand always thought It'd be kind of cool that you have this chance for that big check at the end, and who knows, maybe with a hot run in the playoffs, uh, uh, somebody somebody sneaks in and changes their life. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that that people really aren't too intrigued by the rich getting rich. And this group, while they're compensating, they're they're offering appearance fees based on world ranking, which the agents love because uh, they'll take some of that, and they're offering a lot of money. A guarantee of probably $5 million if you're, if you stay with the league for the year. Um, they are, I wouldn't say that, I don't know if they're, uh, making that a centerpiece. I really think their centerpiece is the, the idea of, of reimagining professional golf and, and adding this team component and the fun little mini dramas that come with that. And, um, that I think will be their focus. I, I sense they, from the things I've read, they've learned. That the fan doesn't want to hear about the money that much.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably true. The quote here is, uh, if you had the chance to start, this is from the, the faux press conference that you referenced. If you had the chance to start again, you wouldn't create professional golf as it exists today. Uh, the league has that chance. And I think when when you think about this stuff, you're like, you, you hear it, you, you hear it for the first time, you hear it off the top and you're like, well, that'll never work. Like that, right. this is right. dumb, but. The, the leagues that they reference, uh, English soccer, right? Cricket, right. um, uh, Formula One, all these different, okay. uh, leagues that they're sort of alluding to. And I think the key as I've been thinking about this is, is the, is the team part of it led by a superstar. So right. if right. Rory has, uh, if I'm a Rory fan and he's got, let's just say, Scott Stallings and Max Homa and I don't know, Zach Blair on his team. All of a, a sudden. Of lineup. I, yeah, it's an, it's an incredible lineup. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just making it. I was up. thinking
1: more,
2: it was going to be Shane Lowry, uh, Podrick Harrington and, uh, Seamus Power. I don't know. I, like, Graham anyway. Graham McDowell. Um, Graham g mac Yeah.
0: Okay, so whoever he has, all of a sudden, if I because I I think we all know like there's only ten or twelve guys in golf where people are like I'm really a fan of that guy, right? You know, and and I think you sort of by osmosis become a fan of whoever's on that guy's team, and I think the team part of it, I Jeff, I really think that could be. Uh, if it's done right, if this ever happens, really, really fascinating, really interesting. Do you get that sense of, of the team part of it really resonating with fans? I,
2: I do, and I sadly have neglected my duties in part because of this uh, distance report and also just the amount of news that's been coming out about this tour because one of the things I I need desperately to do <laughs> is a post explaining in a little more detail what I've seen of the team concept, um, but I also need to do some reading, and, and you listed all those sports. Uh, there were some interesting debates during the Australian Open tennis because uh Djokovic and others are trying to bring back elements of team tennis, which I am so old that I actually attended as a child team tennis at the forum in Los Angeles and Billie Jean King started that. And so this team notion is interesting. And down at Torrey – I asked a lot of kids like a creepy old man, you know, these but I, I knew they were good golfers. So, and I knew their parents, so I wasn't like I was just walking up to them <laughs> like a like some old uh creep. And I said, you know, um and some a couple of these kids they're they're really young. They're really good. They're PGA Junior League kids. And I said, so, uh what do you do you like competing more as an individual or as a team? And before I can even finish the question, yeah. they're screaming out team and I think culturally individual sports for some reason are losing a certain cachet and I, it's beyond me. I need to do more research. I don't know why, cause I love individual sports, but I also, uh, as I'm sure you do, have seen that the, 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 yeah, as I, as I've told people when they were getting kind of, oh gosh, we got the president's cup now. And I, and I'd said to a few people, you know, the worst team event is often still better than, Almost every stroke play event on the planet outside yeah. of the majors, because they're interesting. They're match play. they there, there's drama. There's, there's strategy. Um, chemistry. There are these loners suddenly having to play as, as a part of a team. And so I think that they are trying to tap into that, even though they'd be four person teams, but they end it with a playoffs. That's, that's a, a rip off of the Ryder Cup format. Um, and I think there's something there that um that will whether this happens or not force uh professional golf to to reassess. Obviously the other reason they created the team thing uh should be stated. It's clearly financial. Yeah. Um that these founding players could have a franchise and then, you know, say in 4 years Phil's decided um uh, that was fun but uh my friend um, you know, uh Elon Musk has gotten into golf <laughs> and Elon wants to buy forty nine percent of my team or my franchise or fifty one percent. Or or uh JP McManus tells Rory, uh, you know, you've done a nice job, but I think this would really be a fun thing for me. So you see where they're that's likely that it'll start with yeah. players, but it may not always stay that way and i don't and i don't i don't know how that plays out but that's a problem they'll worry about (laughs) (laughs) if it all happens
0: and that's the allure of it is you you have to you have to be able to offer some sort of equity you and i have had talks about equity in uh, other situations in golf right now but equity for these teams i think that because like if you're going to to you know dustin johnson you're like hey you can make seven million a year it's like whatever man like i make seven already you know i I don't know what the numbers but when you're talking about equity in in a in a franchise that could be like a long-term deal that's that's like a real thing that is sure that's big time i'm curious about what's your sense of, of of the the organizations the 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 different players that are sort of talking about founding this is it a is it a fine? Is it an investment for them where they're like, man, we can make a lot of money on this? Is it a prestige thing? Like, what what is their motivation behind all of this?
2: Well, uh, they're obviously they've figured out some way to make money from it, um, but you know they detail a lot of different ways where money is going out, um, and I think they just feel that. Uh, I mean, they even go and I believe it was in the Q and A that they they took a shot at. At the, at the tour's non-profit status that they, and, and I'm sure this went over really well with, with some of the more conservative, uh, players on the tour, but noting that they, they'd rather pay taxes, um, uh, because government will do a better job with their money than, uh, than, than, than we would. I mean, that was, that was kind of funny. And that's in their, in their documents as well. They've been that, that's been their approach from the beginning. Um, they do want to have a charitable component, component. Um, so I sense though, ultimately they look at, there are money, a lot of money people, uh a lot of people who worked in some form in golf or with, with IMG or different organizations who simply look at the model that is there today, I'm sure, in just some sort of a brainstorming, uh, shooting the breeze kind of session, started throwing these things around and said, well, there's there's actually a better way to do this and then it evolved from there and they brought in other elements and it's obviously very european driven in terms of that team approach mindset but i think we're kind of catching up over here in the united states and then uh it's I, it's accelerated as they see this opening with um the television contracts uh not having been signed or or being in negotiated and then you have these two guys in particular who are kind of at the the back end of their career and you could see where there's a case to make to them that here's a way for you to stay involved in the yeah. in the game, past your career. Uh you've done everything you can do on the tour. I mean there are a lot of different ways. Uh and here's here's a massive amount of money that you'll never get from the PGA tour. And then obviously kind of kind of chipping away at that notion that they're not getting paid what they should they should get paid. I, you know, that's just the one thing that I I mean, I know, I know that, that there's resentment, uh, from some, but I've, I've never since Tiger resents, uh, how much, uh, or how underpaid he is. He's, he's never expressed that. Um, but who knows? He may feel that way. Um, he's doing fine, but he could, he could, he could cash in, in a way in this. And I laid it out in a post the other day that, that I think is, uh, would the, the numbers would be, would be uh, pretty staggering to yeah. people. For sure. Uh, it's a, it's a true millennial disruptor model is, is what it sounds like. Well, and, and I think that's the most fascinating thing. You know, I argued, uh, down at, at Tory with, with, or, or debated with some people, uh, who tried to blow off my report initially. And then, um, you know, it really kind of took off when Bob Harrigan and I sat uh, with Ron Green and waited and watched Phil hit drivers for an hour um, and make two adjustments uh, with his little screwdriver. And and uh, uh, and then he came over and he he did not know we were going to ask that for some reason. I I guess he, his uh people didn't advise him. And so we got a quote from him. And then the next day, Rory brought it up. Yeah. Um. But in debating this with people, it was fascinating to me to see how quick. Everyone was to dismiss it and not realize that. uh and, and again, I've had a chance to look at these documents and mull this for a long time. And I've been reluctant to report it because I didn't I wasn't sure how legit it was. But the, the, the professional golf model will never be the same now that this is out there, no matter what happens. Yeah, it's going to force uh, it, it is a disruption and it will lead to. Some some changes, whether it blows up the current television contract or not. I don't know. But um I- I'm really having a hard time seeing uh how the European tour and PGA tour react. I think there's one scenario that makes great sense, but I don't sense that they've been. Organizations that have, that have been working very well in conjunction and it, it could really be a problem for them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and I think if you're a player, you have to look at this as a point of leverage. Like you said, oh, yeah. no matter, no matter what the outcome <laughs> is, like you're, you're in a good spot and you can take advantage of it. Um, okay. You've given us a ton of time. I do want, I got, I only have one question. I think it's uh, the question that everybody has about the distance report that came out today we we get this 9 to 12 month waiting period and it doesn't even start for another month so it's like 10 to 13 months yeah which is like the most golf thing ever to to make people wait that long what what's the eventual outcome here like what what am i looking at in the summer of 2021 that is kind of the end result cuz i've read all this stuff and there's a bunch of nonsense and there's like three or four things that are that are solid, like legitimate things. What do you think is the eventual result of uh, the distance report that
2: came out today? Um, I need to go back and read because uh, I, I wrote a book about this in 2004. Uh, but one of the, the many topics that I went into um, was the idea of a local rule. And yeah. they bring that up in this report. And as you note, the timing is is deplorably slow. And, you know, David Dusek at golf week did a video where he kind of went through the scenarios of this and yeah, you know, the earliest that the average golfer might uh be affected is twenty-four or twenty twenty-five. Yeah. Um and I just don't think that when you read it's a really beautifully written and well prepared document in terms of knowing how hard it is to characterize these things. Um and they made up their mind. So there's no going back they want to they want to bring things back so my sense is in reading this today and just hearing the immediate reaction why do we have to wait is that that lo- local rule element will be something that could be expedited or mm-hmm. their hand could be forced by somebody out there somewhere it could be a famous club it could be a very rich person who owns uh, a, a a significant golf course um who is fed up and they somehow commission a golf ball that you have to play at this course or in a tournament at this course, and there's sort of a viral um backdoor uh, can of worms that's open with that. but yeah. that that because I just don't see that our society today being patient enough to wait for this if they if they believe in this case, and there are certainly a lot of great old golf courses out there and a lot of influential people in the sport who who completely agree with the sentiments expressed in this report and frankly if, if if you know the people who run tournament golf and want and think about the future of tournament golf if they read some of the the portions just in the summary that really hint at the things that have bothered a lot of us which is that the sport now is sort of discriminating and 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 veering towards a one dimensional type of player and scaring off i mean look at cold nose retiring uh, and, and his comment was, you know, I can't play this game. And yeah. it wasn't that long ago that Corey Pavin could compete with Fred Couples, and they were both at the top of the game and played it two totally different ways. And that was a beautiful thing, and I think they want to get that back. And the professional tours should want that too. It's better product, Um, but I don't know what their reaction is going to be to this. So I sense that it will probably – the local rule element will become the thing. And then whoever somebody will make a make this make a golf ball that suits that that crowd. And it it and I've long felt like that was the way this would happen. But they've always been even resistant to the idea of a local rule. So that's that's been um, what would related to equipment. um, And their case has always been a little bit difficult to understand on that.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's I mean, it felt. I don't know about monumental, but it felt like a big deal uh just sort of the the stuff that came out of the report. It felt like a a, a turning point of sorts i I don't know how that plays out over the next right. I was thinking about it today. I was like, well, you know, I wonder how guys like d j and Rory and Kepka are gonna feel about this and then I was like they might not even be playing like whenever this yeah, eventually yeah. is like a real thing at the <laughs> highest level um
2: and of so- course, done right, those guys. That's, that's sort of the irony in all this. Oh yeah. When I know. you talk to a long hitter, if this is executed properly, mm-hmm. um, your advantage actually in, for that, that it's certain people. I mean, we're talking about 10, 15 guys who, yeah. who drive the ball ridiculously long and for the most part, pretty accurately. It actually could be even better for them, you for know, sure. and Tiger has been very noble and not just coming right out and saying, um, there are a whole bunch of people who've been elevated. And, uh, to a, a little bit higher level, just enough, um, to probably have cost me some tournaments. I know Phil has figured that out. It took <laughs> him a long time. So, but they can't say that they'll get in trouble, uh, yeah. or they'll sound like a pompous jerk. And, but that is a case behind the scenes that, that I think these guys get. I think Rory gets it. I, uh, yeah. I think he feels he, he's made that point a few times that he realizes Adam Scott's another one. Yeah. Uh, he gets yeah. really mad about it now. And he, it's hard to imagine, but. It's like, wow, okay, my swing repeats, uh, and, and, and I, I am very precise with my ball striking and guy who is l- way less, uh, precise is, uh, is, it's not it really exposed. The, 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 the equipment masks it now. And that, and then, so it's been interesting to see guys come to that realization. Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. Um, okay, Jeff, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Could talk about this stuff all day with you, but, uh, yeah. You guys follow him on Twitter. Check out all your reporting on the PGL on on JeffShackleford.com has been uh, has been excellent. That's where I've gleaned most of my information. So uh, keep up the good work, and uh, we'll talk soon.
2: All right, thank you, Tom.